Welcome to the Bridging Commercial and Tab podcast. Um, I'm Beth Fisher at Bridging Commercial Magazine and we have... Nick Russell, Sales Director of Tab. And... I'm Ian Bowden, I'm the Sales Director with LendInvest. Excellent. Tell us more about you, your company and a little bit of an elevator pitch. Yeah, so we're a fintech lender, but actually been in the market for uh, about 11 years, so a long, long time in the market. Um, launched into buy-to-let and term lending a couple of years ago, and we were really, really well positioned within that marketplace now, so, so well established. How did you get into the market? Uh, oh, I've been in financial services like all my working life, which is way, way too long to kind of talk about. Um, and uh, I've been through a number of high street banks, challenger banks that kind of worked for, and then moved to Lend Invest a couple of years ago. Okay. Really excited by the development of the company. And at that point, the entry that we were going to make into the term lending proposition. So I joined in order to kind of lead into that. Okay. How do you feel about sort of the culture change working for a fintech, the likes of LendInvest compared to sort of the uh, awesome. old school high street <laughs> it's, lenders? It's, it's awesome. It's really good. It's, it's uh, a young company, lots of young people, lots of um, different thought processes. I think one of the challenges in, uh, in particularly a large bank is people all think in the same way. Mm. Um, and one of the great things about working for a fintech company um, is quite a lot of them actually are not from financial backgrounds, they're from mm. technical development backgrounds, and they just bring a different mindset mm. to things, and therefore that challenges the status quo. And our place in the market is going to all be about disruption, I guess, for want of a better yep. word, but challenging the way things are done. So, you know, with the buy-to-let proposition, for example, that we have at the moment, you know, increasingly we'll look to use technology to deliver the application and the underwriting process. Yeah, I mean, so specialist underwriting, got it. but gather all of the information through use of technology. Do you think there needs to be more disruption on the tech side in in, uh, in the bridging market as well, as well as as well as the buy-to-let market? I think both actually, yeah, yeah, I think both. I think sort of the marketplace is ripe for that and actually just needs that. Some some of some of the and I'm not saying we're you know we're not anywhere near where we want to be yet, but some of the kind of processes from all lenders mm. are quite um, time-consuming. We, we ask for paper, paper documentation quite a lot. Yeah. So things like open banking that we're now using, um, and I know a couple of other specialist lenders are kind of embracing that as well, but that use of that type of technology yeah. to therefore improve the journey for the broker, give them less to do mm-hmm. because they've got less documentation to, to generate, um, give the borrower a better experience because by using things through to things like open banking, um, we can streamline the underwriting process. So it still means that you have specialist underwriting, but all of the information that an underwriter needs in order to make that specialist decision is gained through use of technology. And I think there's definitely a place mm. in the market for us to do that. You think we're still slightly archaic then in the way we operate? I think property and finance is... As a as real estate as a whole is already still considered quite archaic compared to some industries. Yeah. I think we're so, a bit behind yeah. the curve. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think I think that's right. And you know, it's great to see, you know, new entrant banks coming in that are digital, mm-hmm. um, that are actually challenging that status quo. And you know, I don't want to keep banging on about open banking, but that probably is something that over the next few years is going to transform. And just that greater use of technology, I think, will transform our business over the over the next few years. Could you, if you don't mind? Would you explain the open banking a little bit for people that maybe aren't so au fait Yeah, with it? sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it was legislative change that came in probably a year or so ago now um, that enabled clients, applicants, um, 
to share their banking records, share their financial details across banking platforms. Okay. So, so bank, banks do this. So High Street Banks signed up to this, and what it enables is we uh, bore you with the process, really. We send a link to the client, to the applicant. The applicant clicks on the link. That gives us access for a set period of time to set data from their bank account. So we can't go in and just search their bank account. We certainly can't do any transactions on it or anything like that. Mm. All we can see is transaction data. So it's a a bit like viewing their bank statements. So they're having to go to a bank, print them off, scan them in, send them out to you, get them signed by the bank. It's saving all that time. Exactly that. All they do is click on a link and we do the rest. And it's... um, massively reduced where we're able to use it and where a client is confident enough to do that because it is you know it's a cultural step change for the client as well to actually open up open banking but you know that will come um uh it just saves them from doing all that they just click on the link and that's it we can then do the rest okay and what kind of uh trends or not even just trends but what would you like to see change in the market in 2020 um uh, I think I think from a our marketplace is professional landlords, and there's been a, you know a weight of change in the market for a professional landlord yep. over the last two or three years, which professional landlords are just really getting to grips with. The income tax change is still washing through, so that's not even fully embedded and in place yet. Obviously, the stamp duty is the PRA underwriting guidelines are kind of well ingrained but then you've had other changes like HMO licensing and kind of those so weight of change that landlords have had to adapt to over the course of the last two or three years I'd like to see some stability next year Mm. I'd like to see those changes kind of fully embed and wash through and kind of the landscape for a landlord become kind of a bit more norm I think what's happened as a result of those changes Mm. is probably been good because what we've seen is a shift towards professionalism and I think that's right for the PRS sector. So, you know, Countrywide did some surveys probably a few months ago now, a little while ago now, which clearly showed there's more buy-to-let properties in the market but there's less landlords. Um, So, bigger portfolios on average and therefore an overall professionalism of the sector. So, less landlords, bigger portfolios. Many of those now moving or into limited company structures, either because they're purchasing new properties in a limited company or some moving and changing Mm. ownership structure. Um, So I think those changes in the last few years have driven that market shift. I think now we need a period of stability where we let that embed. Um, The PRS sector is massive for the the economy and for the overall housing need. You know, we still have a housing crisis. The PRS is seen as, I think, I hope, a solution to that rather than a problem. Mm -hmm. And therefore, we need to let that embed over the next couple of years or so. Something we heard quite um, recently, which which I thought was quite interesting, that a lot of landlords are, um, instead of um, letting the, uh, or selling the property or or, or letting it out, they're actually, to get um, a better profit or whatever the case is, is they're actually looking at the assisted living market. 
um, and selling off their properties to uh, assisted living providers because yeah. apparently like the, the planning on, or the, there isn't even planning, but to, to, to make something assisted living is quite simple off, off, yeah. off like an apartment. Yeah. Are you seeing that kind of trend? I think that's quite niche. I don't think we're seeing a lot of that. And right. I, think that's, I think that's very niche. I think there probably are some doing that. Yeah. Um, and there's certainly some organisations, some companies set up that will help landlords to do that. Sure. But I think that's quite niche. I think a professional landlord where the market has really moved to wants to be more self-managing and self-managing of the portfolio right, so okay. there's probably 10 less to do that there's some of that i think but i think that's quite niche i think what we do get that with the stability is stabilization of grosser nets yeah. and stabilization of yields yeah. which for long-term debt yeah it's probably a much better place to be because i feel like every single deal is being recalculated every single time it comes through yes yeah. and we've got no real sort of you know, there's no flat line in terms of understanding what gross to net discounts are looking like for professional landlords because yeah. of so many changes in, as you said, stamp duties, yeah. changes in tax and everything else that comes with it. And I think that's vitally important yeah, for yeah, yeah. consistency across the board. I agree. I agree. And I think the other thing we, we're seeing them do as a result of kind of that is um, probably professional investors before that might have not been buy to let landlords, but developed properties or refurbished mm. properties to then sell on we're seeing them hold those properties Definitely. rather than sell them on. Right, because, yeah. you know, with a fairly benign um, property price growth environment, which is relatively flat, has been for some mm -hmm. time and forecast to be so for, you know, the foreseeable future, actually to make that gain, you probably do need a couple of years worth of rental to kind of come in. Yep. So we're seeing property investors now buy a property to do up, add value to it, but rather than selling it straight on, converting it into buy-to-let for a period of time. So, Yeah, I saw that because I came from a broken world as well, and mm. a lot of them who had previously been burnt in 2008, yeah. because they were obviously cross-collateralised, over-leveraged, going, if actually if I'd held back and held some of those and had income, yeah. I probably could have survived. Yes. And a lot of them went bust because they had yes. no income to fall, up, fall upon. Yeah. And everything just went. Yeah. So they had nothing. They had to all restart. So a lot of them are looking going, okay, I actually can't sell them. So I'm forced to hold. But actually, by being forced to hold, I've got income to support my business if things don't really pick up speed. Yes. Yeah, I think so, that's right. I think that's true. Mm. I think that's, that's exactly the way they're operating and thinking. Yeah. Um, I think our kind of final question is, is, is more about kind of growing the market um, and what kind of words of wisdom would you give to um, a new kind of introducer or a broker who's looking to enter the, the specialist uh, finance space? I think, uh, I think for a broker, for, for, you know, for an intermediary entering the market, I think the specialist sector of the market is exactly where they should be looking to operate because that's where they add value. Yeah. You know, if you think about it now, and we've talked a little bit about technology already, yeah. if you're a... You know, if you're a standard owner-occupier, first-time buyer, in a full-time job, nothing different or quirky about you, um, you know, you, the value the broker can add there nowadays mm. is, is quite diminished yeah. because they can go online and they can get a straightforward mortgage. There's mm. no problem in doing that. Um, the sec part of the sector where a broker really adds value is in this specialist sector, understanding complex income, understanding different borrower types, understanding um, different ownership structures. And I think this is the sector of the market that brokers will increasingly move into, and therefore a new broker entering the market should look to get there quickly and should take advice. Yeah. I think coming to events like um, the financial 
professional show here that we are here um, coming to events like this will be yep. invaluable to them to take advice and to be you know just to be open ears and, and open for learning how valuable are brokers right now in the buy to let space? oh they're crucial they're crucial yeah i think in the specialist part of the buy to let market there's not good mi on this yeah. but i reckon high 90 percent of the market is through intermediaries for specialist buy to let yeah. right. um, high, high 90% and, um, and that, that's exactly because of the value that a broker can add and I think that's the right thing I think um, you know a number of like ourselves entering the market we only distribute through intermediaries a number of other specialist lenders in the market do likewise and you know there are no plans to change that because I think actually advice um, should sit with the broker Mm. And therefore, the borrower get hold of market kind of independent advice, yeah. yep. and we're there to lend and facilitate that, not to not to advise. So, I think the intermediary within the market, both for new business and when you know deals come to the end of the fixed rate period and product transfers, the end of the broker is crucial within that process. Yeah, I think the provision of information is crucial still with the broker as well, right? Yes. Because they know what needs to be provided. Sometimes you go to a, a first time or early borrower. It can seem overwhelming what they've got to produce. Mm. They've never had to produce this stuff before. Yeah. And if you can take that pain away from the lender yeah. and just fax that middle bit, I think yeah. it's, that's a crucial part as well from my perspective. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Great. All right. I think we're good. We're good. Thank you yeah. so much. All right, thank you. <laughs> great thank you very much. <laughs>